Hey Warriors, welcome to season two of Uncharted Warriors in the World. We are so excited to bring you more career stories from your fellow Waterloo alumni. New episodes are coming the second Tuesday of every month. Okay, let's get into the first episode. And so yeah, my my long, long, long answer short is that nope, I had no concept that we were ever going to do anything together. I was like, oh, here's this travel buddy. Okay. As a Waterloo alumnus, you've probably heard a lot of entrepreneurial stories. But I promise Shifumi and Helen's will stand out. Shifumi Oshneki knew he wanted to start a company. He even did an entrepreneurship co-op term as a student. You'll hear us talk about it as an e-co-op during the episode. He also knew that he wanted his friend, Helen Huang, to be the co-founder. Helen was not on the same page. Entrepreneurship just wasn't on her radar. But today, they're the co-founders of CoLab, where they help people of all backgrounds succeed in the tech industry. Keep listening to learn how they got to this point. Shafumi and Helen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to hear more about how you created CoLab. Before we get started, can you just tell me a little bit about your company? Yeah, so CoLab is a education program that really aims to help technologists um, get the real-world practical experience they need to then break into and ultimately succeed within tech. So what that actually is, is um, basically a program that we pair product managers, designers, as well as developers together in teams, and we actually help them ship their first product. Um, And the entire concept is because, you know, obviously when you're in the space and when you're really learning by doing, that's just ultimately the best way to learn, Um, as well as growing your community and just ultimately that confidence. Our entire point is, hey, when you when you come out of this, um, you have just this real tangible product that you can show off to people, as well as the knowledge that, wow, this was very hard. I've now worked with other people from different disciplines. I've sort of taken my knowledge beyond just the theory that I have, and I've put it into practice, and I can take that and sort of replicate it no matter where I go in the future. Um, and so that's that's just a general gist of what it is that we do at CoLab. That's great. So we're going to get back into uh, the details of CoLab a little bit later. But first, I would love to know why each of you chose to go to Waterloo. Did you have any specific plans for your careers when you started university? Uh, for me, I actually like so I'm an international student or oh, I was an international student from Nigeria. And my main goal for even coming to Canada in the first place was to go to the University of Waterloo. So it's kind of like my goal. So I'd done my research. It was actually my mom who found out about Waterloo. And she was like, hey, they have this like co-op program. You can work while you're going to school. Um, I remember reading the brochure and like looking online. I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. I'd never heard of that before. And I was like, I have to go to the school. So every single thing that I did, you know, back home was to like, I want to make sure I find my way to Waterloo because I wanted to go through the core program, right, which ended up being one of the most valuable things and valuable experiences. So if not of the core program, I don't think I would have even come to Canada because the other path was to go to the UK. So all my siblings, most of my family, they, they typically go to school in the United Kingdom in England. Uh, but I was the first one in my family to go to Canada. I'd never been to Canada before. I didn't even know I had family in Canada. So I was just like, you know, Waterloo was Waterloo a bust. <laughs> and yeah, so I'm very grateful and fortunate to be able to have you know seen it through so yeah that's the reason why I went to Waterloo yeah so I think for me um I actually coming out of high school I really really wanted to be a nurse 
Um, and so I remember I applied to a bunch of different nursing programs and I also applied to Waterloo. Um, the reason why I ended up applying to Waterloo, I went to, you know, I was in the science and business program, but the reason why I even applied was actually because my high school boyfriend at the time was also going to Waterloo. And I remember thinking, okay, well, you know, if I don't like, let me just have this as like a fail safe type of plan, like a plan B. Um, and at the end of the day, unfortunately, I actually didn't get into any of the nursing programs that I applied to because my grades in high school were really, really bad. Um, and so I ended up just thinking, okay, well, Waterloo it is. Um, weird thing for me is that I didn't even go to check out the school before I went, um, didn't know anything about co-op. Again, I had no sense of like going to Waterloo at all. It wasn't in my plans, um, but definitely so grateful that I did. That's a great story, both of them. Helen, I want to go back to you because you studied earth sciences, but you two met on a co-op at Microsoft. So how did that happen? So as soon as I got into, um, I guess, first year labs and whatever else, I realized, okay, I don't think earth science is in the cards for my future um, in terms of just academia and continuous study and research. And so because I also had co-op in science, you also have co-op. And so for my first two co-ops, I actually ended up interning at CIBC and Scotiabank in just BA business analyst roles. Um, but for my third co-op term at the time, I was also dating this other guy <laughs> and and he he had just graduated from Waterloo and he had gone down to L.A. to to continue his studies. And I remember thinking, oh, I really want to go to America for my next co-op term. And so I started looking and I realized that, wow, there's there's no jobs. There's no jobs in finance there that sort of support your visa process. The only jobs are in tech. Right. And. And, you know, I applied, didn't get anything, was just like, okay, well, forget it then. Um, and then going back onto JobMine at the time, which is now Waterloo Works, I remember searching and I came across this role called product management at a company called Zynga, um, which, you know, is a mobile gaming company. And at the time, I actually thought it was the same thing as just project management. But because I was already in this zone of, hey, maybe I should look outside finance. Maybe I should look at the these types of tech jobs, which I know that there are a lot now based on my research in America. Um, that's why I applied to it. And I ended up getting the job somehow. <laughs> um, and I think that's just sort of how my tech journey began. And I realized, wow, there really is a significant difference between tech and what it is that I was doing before in financial services. Um, and that's also ultimately what got me down the path of creating products, working with the what is now the UWPM club, but what was previously the product vision club and sort of using and leveraging all of those experiences to end up landing a bunch of interviews. And in one of those interview preps is where I ended up meeting Shifumi. That's great. Uh, it's a great example of how co-op can really take you anywhere, no matter what you're studying. And Shifumi, you had a really interesting co-op experience as well because you did an e-co-op term. So can you tell me uh, a little bit of how you spent that term? Yeah, so um, like like I said before, like I was an international student and it kind of was motivated by a problem that I had experienced when I came to Canada, which was um, a lot of us like international students, you know, when we started Waterloo, Waterloo is a very prestigious university, very grateful but it was very challenging at the same time. So first, it was very difficult. 
right? So a lot of us, you know, struggled to like get the same kinds of grades that we were used to. And it was very, it was very challenging for us. And some of my friends ended up having to like drop out, go to different schools or repeat the term. And I really wanted to solve that problem. So this was just me in first year saying, I need to solve this. I need to find a way to solve this problem. And uh, being in Waterloo, you're surrounded by tech, you're surrounded by all these entrepreneurs who are very uh, ambitious and they feel like, you know, they can actually solve any problem that they're thrown. So I cut that bug and I was like, hey, I want to I want to do this. I'm going to do this for myself and for everyone else. So I decided to take a bet or take a risk, which was like, you know, and at that time I was thinking about it. This was in my so it took me like three years was in my three after my three year term before I then finally decided that, hey. I'm going to do e-co-op. Before that, I was still trying to work on it on the side, working it with friends. But I was like, I'm never going to find another opportunity to just like risk it all and try and like build my own thing or like try and solve a problem. So I then took that risk. I was like, hey, I'm going to do e-co-op. I didn't apply to any jobs. I was like, all in for e-co-op. I was like, let's do this. I signed up super early on. And this was the term where my friends started getting jobs like Facebook, Google. So like those options were kind of on the table for me, but I was like, I'm going to risk it and do this. Um, it was honestly one of the best ever experiences that I've had in my life because I learned so much. And during that time, that four-month period, um, like I started this whole thing by myself, but then I started pitching different people. I met like several people who ended up working with me. So we ended up building like a team of about six, six of us. Um, so after four months, we built an we built an Android app and an iOS app, uh, which was a time management tool for students to improve their productivity. So this exposed me to like what it felt like to bring an idea to life. So working through validating, designing, and developing. Look, I wasn't like great at coding or anything, but I was working with developers and you know, working through what do we need to get this from zero to one, from just like an idea in our heads into something that people can use. And we built it, we released it, and it was such a fulfilling experience. And even though it didn't go well, like, you know, we in in Waterloo, every time when you launch, you feel like this is like you're going to go to the moon. I pitched for Velocity, you know, in all those pitch competitions. Um, I lost, unfortunately, the first time. But the second time around, I was able to, like, win 5K for a project that I worked on. But, you know, being in that space, you're very motivated to really do something. But when... Um, I realized that, hey, building a product and finding customers is like a totally different ball game. I realized that the amount of work that I needed to put in this product to make it successful is way more than the reward that I can get from it. And I felt like I had learned so much already. And going through that process, that's when I learned about product management that, hey, all the stuff that I was doing with my team, that's what people get paid to do in all these companies. So I was like, okay, junior one. It's time to get back in the job market, which is why I'm very grateful for eCorp because I was able to learn a ton during that time. That was pretty much what kickstarted my career because before that, it was still like trying to figure it out. Um, that's when I was able to then finally get into Microsoft, which is where I sort of met Helen and then Apple later on. So if not of that e-corp turn, I don't think I would have had that confidence or that skill or even the interviewers like saying that, wow, you really took the initiative to solve a problem. Um, I don't think like it would have just happened the way uh, it did. So I'm very grateful for the fact that Waterloo even let me just do that. You know, they gave me that safe space and that structure that, okay, the only thing I'm going to lose is I don't get to make money. And I don't get to make money because my product isn't making money. Because if my product was making money, I could have paid myself. So it was very interesting to just, because you get credit for it, you get support. They gave me an office space. So I had all the things that I needed. So it was, it was a very great experience. Honestly, like top five life experiences I've ever had, like doing a core. <laughs> That's awesome. And such a uniquely Waterloo 
experience too. Uh, so that's really awesome. I don't think that a lot of um, students when they come to Waterloo realize that it's an option. So uh, it's always great to meet someone who's done it. So then you have both uh, spoken about your time at Microsoft a little bit, and you uh, you both ended up taking uh, the path into product management. Um, and at some point uh, in your schooling, you did co-op at Microsoft at the same time as product managers. Um, is that when you realized that you wanted to work together? <laughs> um, I think for, for me, it was slightly different because I think once I met Helen, I think I, and I, I don't know, and I honestly can't explain it, but I knew I wanted to work with her, like from like the first few interactions that we had, because um, number one, she she thought differently. You know, when you think about people in tech, like I was surrounded by tech, everyone thinks pretty similarly, right? So she brought a very different perspective into like problems. And, you know, she was just always, well, she always seemed very confident whenever she spoke. And I really, really liked that. I was like, wow, I think this person would be a very good team member. Um, so I, I was always looking for people who had that drive and she had already started like Product Vision Club and she had already led that. And she just really felt very confidently about helping people and doing things. I was just like, like I need this person on my team. So I had this whole dream team concept and Helen was like the first member who I'm like, you know, if I'm ever gonna do a startup, um, I'm definitely gonna pick Helen, Helen to work with. So I think as the years went by, I, kept pitching different ideas, but nothing really stuck uh, until like now that we're working on, on collab. So I think like at the back of my mind, like even though I was in Microsoft and I was like, okay, this is great. I still want to learn. Um, but I was like, eventually, if I ever have this option, it's definitely going to be uh, Helen be one of the first people that I'll call. Um, <laughs> so I think Shafumi might have thought that. But again, for up until then, these getting into tech wasn't anything that was very prestigious in my mind, frankly. It wasn't something that I thought was going to be, this is my path, this is what I was meant to do, etc. Because um, I think just from the very beginning, similar to how I ended up landing at, at Waterloo in the first place, I, I feel like I wasn't very strong in my stance of where I could possibly go. So I was just like, oh, you know, go with the flow. Hey, I somehow landed this Microsoft PM job. And so I'm just going to go to this Microsoft PM job. Um, I think the other thing that that sort of attributed to that was not exactly having similar peers who were doing the same thing. Because um, I think in Shifumi's case, like he had, he was surrounded by a lot of people in tech already. But for me, I was at the time actually the only person in my program that was in tech at all. So I like, I didn't talk to anyone about tech, didn't talk to anyone about startups, didn't know that e-co-op was a thing. I was definitely one of those people. And so when I first met Shifumi on this internship, I was like, wait, what do you, I, I don't want to work on anything else. We've made it. <laughs> um, I just want to chill. I just want to have fun. And it didn't even come in my mind that, hey, entrepreneurship was something that was possible. Um, and so, yeah, my, my long, long, long answer short is that, nope, I had no concept that we were ever going to do anything together. I was like, oh, here's this travel buddy. Okay. So Shifumi, you knew that you eventually wanted to be an entrepreneur, um, but you weren't ready right after graduating. And you knew that you wanted to get some work experience. When did you realize that it was time to try again? Yeah, so I think, you know, the first thing, like I'll answer that question too, is first thing is like after working on PAVE, like the, when I did e -Corp, you know, 
it not working out actually took a toll on me because we spent a long time on, you know, many hours trying to make it work. So, you know, there was definitely some confidence drain there where I was like, ah, damn, this didn't work. So like, why, like, why didn't this work? So I realized like I definitely had a gap in my knowledge, you know, and I was like, hey, I need to fill this gap. And the best way to fill it is by learning from a ton of people. So I learned a ton at Microsoft, even just like how to do product management well. I learned a ton at Apple where I was like, hey, build this amazing work ethic that's incomparable, build this high standard for what output that you put out. So it was great and I wanted to continue that. So I was like, hey, let's just go and learn as much as possible. And I kept doing that until I stopped learning <laughs> again. Um, so when I realized it was time was like two things happened. Number one, I stopped learning uh, the companies that I was working at. Um, and that isn't necessarily like a bad thing. It just happens sometimes like where your growth stag stagnates or you don't have opportunities to work on things that are exciting or things might seem repetitive. So the problems weren't as exciting for me you know, anymore. And... I think with the launch of the book that we did last year, I think that also gave me like a huge confidence boost where I was like, you know, number one, I wanted to learn. Number two, I had done something that, you know, uh, really impacted thousands and reached like thousands and thousands of people, which I'd never done before, like on my own. Like at companies, I'd done that easily because they had that, but I was like, here, I built this stuff from scratch with Helen's help. And, you know, the next thing is like a lot, thousands of people can gain this benefit from. So that was like another point where I was like, hey, I think I think I can do this and it's going to be a fun learning experience. So I always try to optimize for the path for more learning. And I also saw another problem that was very interesting to solve again, which is when like all the stars pretty much aligned and Helen was willing to work with me again. So what happened after graduation? I got a job, right? I got a job um, at a company called Ecobee in Toronto. And I was a product manager there as a new grad. And apparently that was like a very difficult thing to do or it was a difficult thing to happen. I was very common in the States because, you know, Helen and I had spent like eight months working in the States, you know, by now we're already like used to like, you know, top tech companies. It was very common for us to see PMs as like entry levels or associate PMs. So when I came back to Toronto and I started working as a product manager, like straight out of like uni, a lot of people, like it rang, it, it caught some attention from several people. So a lot of folks started reaching out to me and asking me, hey, how did you become a product manager? Like, you know, tell me, like, what did you do? And I just like told them, hey, this is like what I did. And these were established folks who had years of experience, you know, people with MBAs who were like, I want to be a product manager. And I was like, wait, you're spending like hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars to become an MBA to like be a PM. So I was like, okay, this is very interesting. So I was like, why do people want to become product managers? So I had dozens of these coffee chats. And then I reached out to Helen. I was like, hey, is this happening to you? Like, you know, are people asking you, hey, how do you become a product manager? And similarly, she said she had um, a lot of those like chats. So I was like, hey, let's, let's pretty much solve this problem. So there was the interest where I was like, hey, let's try and solve this problem again. And um, even after we spent some time thinking about what's the best way to solve this problem, which we ended up coming up with something sort of like collab. But at that time, you know, back in 2018, this is like three years ago, it seemed like a very big, daunting thing to do. So that was like, okay, we weren't ready. I still wanted to learn for sure. You know, we were just starting out in our career. So we're like, hey, let's write this book. Let's write this book to help, you know, tell people how to become product managers. And let's tell non-traditional stories. And yeah, Helen. Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say that. I think um, at this time, similar again to Shifumi doing a lot of these chats, people reaching out to him. A lot of people were also reaching out to me. 
um, especially because I was coming from this like non-traditional, non-technical background of earth sciences and then ending up at a tech company like Microsoft in product. Um, so I think at the time I was very much like, hey, why is, why are people asking me? Um, mainly also because I didn't understand that, oh, product management is becoming a really um, just very popular role, right? A lot of people are hearing a lot more about it. They're expanding the roles across most of these tech companies. And so that's what was happening. And so when Shifumi reached out to me, um, and I think this was, I still remember it was in the lobby of his old workplace. It was December 2018. And he was like, hey, we're both getting all of these questions all the time, right? At some point, we're not going to be able to hop on all of these calls and talk with every single person. So how are we going to put the information that we know and be able to distribute it at scale, right? What are the ways that, you know, we can actually help people from these different backgrounds who don't know and cannot get into product management? How are we going to help them get into product management? So at that point, we actually... Okay, well, actually, he forced me to. <laughs> I, I don't remember truly buying in on this. I was like, oh, I mean, I guess, right? I think I'm just someone who doesn't like to say no. So at the time, I was like, oh, okay. And he's like, oh, yeah, just do a competitive analysis. Let's write these reports on how we think a solution could look. Um, and so I, I did it, <laughs> even though I was like, uh, okay. So I, I did it. And and that's that's what Shifumi is talking about, about, wow, no, we were like, we should do a full on boot camp. It's going to be a class. We're going to give people the actual information that they need to be a product manager. We don't feel like that industry is really met, that industry need is met yet. Um, and then when he's now talking about the book, it was because after we met up and said that we were like, hey, how are we going to make a course? I don't know how to make a course. Do you know how to make a course? Um, and neither of us knew. And I think. I don't even really remember if it was just like, I think Shifumi, if if I had, and this is my personal reflection now, <laughs> I feel like if I was very gung-ho about it, I think Shifumi would have also found a way. But because I, at the time, again, I was completely outside of this entrepreneurship bubble. At no point did I think or imagine that I would ever become someone who had my own business or my own startup. And so I was like, wait, I there's all of these unknowns and I'm, I can't figure it out because I didn't know I even had the power to figure it out. Um, and so, so when I said that to Shifumi, I was like, wait, there's all of these, like, don't know, don't know, don't know all of these unknowns. Um, now I understand that. Yeah. That's the entire point of being an entrepreneur is that, wow, there's all these unknowns and you go, you go like shine the light on them. So they're known. Um, but at the time I definitely wasn't in that mindset. So to Shifumi, I think he was like, okay, well, let's scope down the problem and like the solution a little bit. And that's when we ended up, you know, doing this book. So I'll, I'll pass it back to Shifumi now to talk about the book. <laughs> but thank you so much for that assist. Hey, this is a partnership. <laughs> um, you know. But yeah, so. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so like she said, we scoped it down and I think the book was like the smallest thing that we could do to try and solve the problem at that time to just inspire people to get into product management. So we started writing the book together initially uh, and then, you know, life happened uh, as Helen says, <laughs> and she just like, was like, Hey, you know, can't do this anymore. Uh, but I was like, okay, no worries. I actually even took a break from, from the book for a couple months after Helen said no. Um, 
and then I picked it up again. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this. You know, we started this, like, like we've done so much work already. I was like, I'm going to finish this. And I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm going to finish it. She was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, so I worked on it, interviewed 40, 40 product managers who came from like non-traditional backgrounds, like, you know, from photography, cinema studies, you know, journalism. And at the end of the day, I compiled it and I launched a book. I launched a book on Product Hunt, got to the number one spot and we reached like thousands of people. Uh, the book reached thousands of people and, you know, we got a lot of like emails, messages uh, about, you know, people saying thank you, like, you know, inspired a lot of people. Um, people had a lot more questions after that. I was like, oh, we just, I just spent this time writing this book to, <laughs> to help give you the options. Like, what, well, how could you possibly have more questions? Um, so it, it kept coming up again and again and again and again and again. And I was like, okay, of course we didn't solve this problem because we, we scoped it down, right? The only way we'd like to solve this problem is this like big giant vision that we talked about. So again, I reached out to Helen <laughs> and I was like, hey, you know, do you want like less? Oh, initially when I reached out, but I, I reached out in a different way this time. I wasn't just like directly, hey, let's do this. I was like um, trying to, just get her to just contribute. Like, just give me advice. Like, you know, I don't want to put this because I felt like in the for the past couple of years before that, it's just always me saying, Helen, let's do a startup. And her saying, like, yes, and then no later, or like no. Um, so this time I was like, you know, let me not force it. If it happens, it happens. So it was just like her like giving me advice and like me trying to do it on my own. And you know, it was just like trying to like just grind it out. So that's initially how it started. So like when so to answer you i know we took a very long route to answer this question but number one we were passionate about the problem wanted to solve the problem you know even in the smallest thing that we could do the reach of like the people also inspired me and inspired us and gave us the confidence that hey we could then do this and i think it was also just like the right timing like i think i could learn a lot by doing this and solving this problem and figuring out all these unknowns because like there was so much that i didn't know so as months went by and you know i was working on this and you know helen kept on giving me advice through the sidelines one day i just like asked her straight up i was like hey do you want to <laughs> and at this time she was really helping out and like really just like slowly i was like hey do you want to like help i just told her do you want to run the community or do you want to like you know present to the community that's the first thing i said um and she was like sure and then she did it we ran our first cohort it was successful and then she was like yeah she, she just wants to do this and i was like yeah we're gonna do this and we've been doing this ever since <laughs> um i i also wanted to also clarify for the listeners out there that after the book um and when people continue to have questions so again the book was a compilation of stories on how 25 plus non-traditional folks got into product management so how did they go from like being a mechanic into pm at a tech company type stuff and it was really meant to be you know inspiration just like feel good stories but also a reminder and like almost guide as to how, hey, you know, regardless of what background, these are the things that they did, etc. And so I think Shifumi, like now I look back. And so we we had started together, we did like a few interviews together. Um, and I look back and I'm really just incredibly like astounded by amount of time that Shifumi put into this and also the the content that he synthesized out of it. Um, as in, I think after he interviewed all of those people, there were a few sets of takeaways that was very key, right? So all of them, similar to what he experienced at doing e-co-op at Waterloo, all of them sort of 
put themselves into a mindset where they were actually learning by doing and they were executing on what it really meant to be a product manager. And that experience is what they leveraged to then break into tech. So I think that was probably the most key learning throughout this entire series as well. And so again, at the, t- at the time I was like, oh yeah, chill, great, congrats. Let me just share your story, retweet this. And that's, that's my contribution. Um, but then I think Shifumi definitely at that point took a massive next step in terms of thinking, hey, I actually want to make this a course, right? Back to you know this large problem, let's actually build it out. And so he was building all of this out by himself for like months. He got first customers, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the part that really made this course different um, and is also now the real value prop of Colab is, is that learning by doing aspect, right? As a product manager, at the end of the day, no theory is going to help you. You need to actually work across a team. You need to build a product. And so now that's what Colab is. Um, but back then, I think in, I think around like May of 2020 um, or like August time, 2020, that's, that's like, it wasn't where we're at now, um, but Shifumi had already started this course. And that's when he asked me as well, like, hey, I want to build out this multifaceted working together. Let's pair our product managers with designers and developers and get them to work together to ship a product. Um, and that's when he asked me. And also at the time, like, I think the stars definitely aligned a little bit too, because with the pandemic, I was coming back um, from Seattle. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I'll go back to Toronto for a little bit. Um, And that freed up a lot of time for me as well. And so at the time I thought it was going to be a temporary move. Um, But then after Shafumi sort of dragged me into this, um, but also like, you know, having found like a lot of passion in the impact that we're making not just for product managers, but also designers and developers from these non-traditional backgrounds. Um, I think ultimately that's, that is also um, really what like retained me. And of of course, working with Shifumi. Yeah, I think that um, you, so first of all, you both answered actually a couple of my questions in uh, telling me the whole, um, the whole process of how collab came to be what it is now. And I think that uh, the things I like the most about your story that feel atypical to the ones that we often hear about young entrepreneurs is that, first of all, you two were not on the same page uh, as co-founders. You you both had the same interests and eventually uh, the stars aligned and it worked out. And also you both started out with full-time jobs uh, and you were working on this at the same time, piece by piece, not not knowing you were going to launch a company, but just slowly doing one more thing and one more thing. Um, so you've you've talked a bit about the book that you released last year, but you also just launched some other uh, ebook content. So can you tell me about those? Yeah, for sure. I think you know similar similar to what we did last year i think we, we took inspiration from that which is like hey there's a lot of non-traditional paths into technology outside of product management and we really wanted to use storytelling to amplify some of these uh non-traditional routes to let people know that you know because i think the first step in getting into tech is first believing that hey you have a place there in the first place and you can see people like you and you can understand that it's possible so a lot of people first of all have to fight that barrier before they even try to even take any step because it's like what am i doing in tech i have like a marketing background or i have like customer support or photography you know um so a lot of people 
really just have that fear that like tech is this very complicated um thing so we really wanted to just like break the ice and tell them that hey those these are other people who were professional performers right uh we had someone who was like 16 years performing music you know around the world and eventually became a software developer um or someone who was like an accountant you know decided that you know um i want to be a product designer um, so those kind of stories really tell, you know, and really inspire people that, hey, regardless of where you come from, all, these folks can do it. And I think one thing I, I loved about the stories and even the people who contributed is like they would define themselves as like, hey, I am a you know regular person who like had this goal. This is nothing like, I mean, I think they're all very phenomenal human beings, but, you know, they don't have that complex of like, I'm a super genius and that's why I was able to get into tech. It's more of like, hey, I'm a regular everyday person who wanted to get into tech. I did struggle. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy, but, you know, you can also do it. And here, here is the way I did it, right? So those kinds of things, you know, spark a lot of action in people. And I think that's also ultimately like part of like our mission. We really want to get people to like move forward and take that first step. And when you take those small steps, eventually you get to the place where you need to go. So you can actually like transition eventually and just look back at the track record of like, wow, you know, it's been a long journey, but ultimately you were there. So those books represent like that first step that people need to take to, to just get inspired and say, hey, you know, I can do this. Like I see myself in some of these folks. And yeah, that's why we put it together. It's very inspiring stories. We put 15 stories of non people from non-traditional paths into, you know, product management, product design and software development, because um, those are like the core key, you know, um, disciplines in technology there's obviously other parts and like different other roles but we decided to just focus on those three for now we definitely have plans to expand the stories and tell a lot more uh, angles but i think that's what what the motivation was we also launched it in product times we've reached you know several thousand people right now um we've already gotten a lot of feedback people are very inspired we've seen some people take the step and say do you know what now like someone someone said and i quote like this is the sign that i needed that i can do this you know, and now the person and the person is now finally training to become a product manager right now. So it's very inspiring that you know reading the stories can actually spark action, which is ultimately what we want to do. That's uh, that's fantastic. So uh, any other plans for the future for collab that you can share here? Yeah, definitely. And I actually also wanted to add an addition to what Shifumi was saying about the books just in general, because um, I think previously you asked a question about, oh, how did I get into tech? And of course, I sort of said, hey, this is, you know, a quick, quick, brief answer. Um, but I think a lot of the times, especially in um, even podcasts, really, but like all other types of social media, generally what you see is always the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, you always see, wow, so-and-so landed a job at Blah. Right. And and then you're sort of left wondering, how did they actually do that? Because the real story, I mean, even behind my personal journey is getting that first product management interview took over 400 applications in job by just for that term. And I had three interviews coming out of it. And the Zynga job that ultimately landed me in tech was was one of the three. Right. And I think that for many people, especially when you don't have like the community or or even just the confidence to continue forward, right? Like getting those constant rejections really is very demoralizing. 
And I think a lot of times for people coming from these different backgrounds, if they don't feel like, oh, I have a technical degree, I went to a grade school, you know, I know computer science, it really does feel like, well, you know, I get 100 rejections, maybe this isn't right for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with those stories and with all of the stories that we try to tell moving forward, um, but also even within the collab program altogether, like our entire purpose is really just to um, make people realize that, no, they're more than capable. Right. Let's like polish up the skills where you have them um, and give you some key tips and even create some of these connections for you that make you understand that, no, your voice is more than valid and is an actually very critical component of how tech should be going forward. Um, I think one of the things we didn't get to talk about yet is really just this the firm belief in the concept of thought diversity for both Shafumi and I. And so I think that as an underlying just belief for both of us um, is also why we work so well together, honestly. Like even though we were on different pages previously, I think it's also this recognition that everything that we do really is aiming towards getting more people in tech, getting more different people in tech so that these people can bring all of their different perspectives to the table when creating these products for a global audience. Um, so I just wanted to add that piece. And then for future plans, I mean, so one hand on like the storytelling component, we actually have some more um, content that we're planning that we wanna release on accessibility, um, maybe other industries within the technology space. Um, so that's very exciting. The second thing, I, I guess I'm also like now excited to say that as of this podcast recording, Shafumi and I are actually both full time now. Yay. Um, I think up, yeah, from September 2020 up until like March <laughs> or actually beginning of April 2021, this entire time has been me and him doing full time work at work um, in tech as product managers and also full-time collab because during this time period we actually graduated over a hundred students from the program across product management design and engineering um, and I think for me it was when I realized that wow like some of our participants are they end up landing their first tech job at Microsoft with the connections and the confidence and the real world experience they're gaining through our program. Um, and I think that was like just very telling as to the impact that we've made and what impact I look forward to making with Shifumi in the future now that we're full time. Um, so yeah, that's. <laughs> Well, that's all. That's amazing. Uh, it sounds incredibly fulfilling. And congratulations to you both on the recent book launch, on going full time with Colab. Where can people find you online? Um, so we can be found on Twitter or LinkedIn. Obviously, if you want to continue um, following along the Colab journey, feel free to also check out www.joincolab.io. Otherwise, both of us are actually on Twitter as well as Instagram too. At um, So I'm Heyo Helen, so H-E-Y-O Helen, H-E-L-E-N. And I'm Shifumi Oshi, like S-E-F. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's, it's so stressful to spell it Do you want me to spell it? Shifumi. No, it's all good. Uh, just, yeah, type Shifumi, you will find me. Um, yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn, or Instagram, definitely hit me up anytime. Uh, if you're a Waterloo grad, I'll definitely respond <laughs> to you. If you if you go to Waterloo, I'll definitely respond to you for sure. Um, yeah, Shifumi, when, whenever I search Shifumi on 
on like any search um, engine, he's always the first person. And I don't know if it's just my cached cookies or something, or if you're really just maybe I, the most famous. Shifumi? Yeah, probably. The most famous <laughs> I mean, his oh. yeah, his website Shifumi.com. Shifumi.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's his personal website. So I feel like what other Shifumis are there? That's amazing. There are a lot of. I actually met one yesterday. Fun fact, randomly on Twitter, because someone was trying to uh, reach me and use the different handle. And the the Shifumi who got mes- mentioned, like said, I think you mean Shifumi Oshii. <laughs> and I was like, oh, thanks. I was like, thanks, Shifumi. Um, so yeah, funny story. But yeah, I'm definitely not the only Shifumi. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the most popular one right maybe now. Maybe the most um, famous one. Which is not that big of a, <laughs> uh, an accomplishment, by the way. We <laughs> landed you on this podcast. Uh, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. I think it was it was a great time chatting. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Uncharted Warriors in the World, please follow, subscribe, like, whatever your podcast player lets you do. If you want to meet more alumni, give us a follow on Instagram. The handle is uwaterlooalumni. We share stories from people all over the world working in many different industries. Season two of Uncharted Warriors in the World is written and produced by me, Meg Vanderwood. Carlos Saavedra is our editor. We are both alumni and staff at the University of Waterloo. Thanks again for listening.